Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of The Bird Call. He is Ali Kosil. I am David Grubb, both with TheBirdRights.com. And uh, Ali, uh, last week couldn't have gone better for the New Orleans Pelicans, starting with Monday's win over the number one team in the league, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Then the Pelicans win three straight on the road, um, something that has not been they, something that they've done on, the, on a regular basis. And now they have their their longest winning streak of the season at four games. Coming back home for Tuesday night, yes, against the Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant, who will be returning most likely, but still another opportunity against a sub-500 team at home. A great chance for the Pelicans to, to get a five-game win streak together. Yeah, look, I think our last podcast, we highlighted how this stretch coming up is very important, right? Especially how are they going to bounce back from that Lakers loss? Well, we got our answer, right? Zion was basically back to being as close to Zion as he can be, right? Considering his conditioning levels aren't, you know, optimal yet. We'll we'll leave it at that, right? But yeah, so they knocked off the Timberwolves. I know they were without Anthony Edwards, but to me, it was still an impressive win uh, because they pretty much dictated what happened in that game. And then, yeah, going on the road this year, the road has been unkind to them. Uh, they were one of the worst teams, right? They were four and seven before this three game road trip on the road. And all the stats point to them being like a top five team on the road in most categories, right? Even the defense wasn't very good. So you wanted to see them take care of business, but also just get back to playing good basketball. And they did. I, I, I thought, I mean, yeah, outside of probably the first five minutes of just about each one of those games, they were great, right? Whether it was Brandon, CJ, guys off the bench, and we're going to get into that. So they've now put themselves in great position, right? Now they're 16 and 11. Uh, first time they've been at this level, uh, this far above 500 this season. And the schedule still looks pretty optimal for them to take advantage of, right? As you just mentioned, the Grizzlies coming up. Then they're going to go on the road again, but they've got just the Cavs for, for one game away from home. And the Cavs, they just suffered two major injuries in, in Garland and Mobley. And then you got the Rockets and Grizzlies and Jazz after that. So, yeah, David, this could be where they could honestly vault up inside the top four. And that's what good teams are supposed to do. As they said yesterday, CJ, Willie, they said you're supposed to stack wins if you're a good team. And that's what they're doing. That's what we've been waiting for, you know, for the Pelicans, quite frankly. We've seen isolated moments of greatness, isolated moments of very goodness, but we have not seen consistency. And um, I think what we saw on the road trip, was the baseline for the the starters in particular, they reached that on a nightly basis. And the question has been, are you going to get consistency from Zion? Are you going to get consistency from B.I.? For the most part, over those four games, everybody in the starting lineup gave you what you're supposed to get. And then guys on the bench 
stepped up. Najee steps up one night. Jose steps up another night. You got uh, Hawkins, you know, occasionally there to give you some shooting as well. Thought that that was very important. And still Dyson Daniels, you talk about him, even without points, he closes out essentially that Hornets game for you by shutting down Terry Rozier when he had been going in the second half. So you got a lot of good for different things to be excited about. And then you get two incredible offensive outbursts mm-hmm. for this team. Number one against the Wizards, where you had you set your season high at that point with 142. Then you come back and you do it again against the Spurs with 146, and you set a franchise record of 22 three-pointers. Yeah, in a span of four days, they scored the second most and fourth most points in franchise history, right? So, yes, subpar teams. Two teams aren't headed anywhere this season. Their defenses are, you know, in the bottom five, both of them, the Wizards and the Spurs. But, look, that's what you're supposed to do, right? And, and they weren't close, right? They weren't close victories. They, they blew these teams out. Like I said, once they got past those first initial five minutes or so, they rolled. And what was different about these wins outside of these previous, let's say almost any blowouts the Pelicans have had is that three-point shooting, David, against the Wizards. It hasn't been talked about enough, I think, but they made 16 threes. Of course, everybody's going to point to the 22, right? The franchise record they set last night against the Spurs and Brandon Ingram and CJ. Boy, I don't think they missed but three, right? I think they won 11 of 14, and Brandon really set the tone in last night's game. But, you know, in that win against the Wizards, it was Trey Murphy. So when you look, it's not just one guy they're relying upon. So those are your main three perimeter players, if you're Willie Green, looking at your rotations. But I like what I'm seeing from the peripheral guys, right? Like Najee Marshall. Jose Alvarado, even Jordan Hawkins may have cracked the rotation again, right? He got regular rotation minutes in last night's game. So that'll be interesting to see. And, you know, you can't dismiss Matt Ryan, what he's done this season as well. So Willie Green's never had this luxury before, David. And so, you know, we've learned from Trey um, four days ago, five days ago, and then CJ last night. This team wants to get up 43s a game. And I don't know how feasible that goal was when you had so many guys out in previous years when you just didn't have enough three-point shooting on team, right? You had some good ones, a couple good players, but not like seven, eight guys that can honestly make a three. I think the Pelicans have about eight guys right now shooting over 37% from three-point range, and a lot of them over 40%, like Jose and Najee, who've made immense strides, right? And it's beginning to become a big sample size, right? They've played enough games to where it's honestly seems like this might be sustainable, at least to some degree, so it's a big positive for a team that lives in the lane, does well in the lane, can get to the free throw line. If you can get a potent, consistent attack from the outside, this Pelicans offense is poised to be a top 10 offense. And when you pair it with that defense, that should be top 10. It looks like one of the best teams in the league, right? I mean, they've hit 71 threes in their last five wins. Um, I'm still, I still don't think the 40 number is what they need to worry about because honestly, the attempts – They've made 71, but the attempts, they're still averaging right around 30 attempts. So, like, it's its its who's taking them, and it's its through the product of the offense. When the ball is moving, when the right guys are catching with, the, with their feet set, and they're making their shots. It's not them forcing it. This is still a team, I think, that works best inside out. It just has now the shooters to, to make that work. You know what I mean? Like, before, like you said, guys were not consistent. And I think the way the, the shots were generated was a problem. But the Borrego offense forces the movement. And by that, 
You're seeing Trey get these clean, clean looks. You're seeing um, Jose get clean looks. You're seeing guys willing embrace that corner three that we've talked about so much. But the looks are so much different. And even with Zion's presence, and that's something that I talked about um, in a preview last week, even when he's not scoring 36, his presence, again, is still creating the open looks that we always wanted to see. The gravity is still there. So to see the Pelicans making, you know, 14, 15 threes a game right now, yes, absolutely. But they're still managing those attempts and not falling in love and forcing the three, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, and that's going to be key, right? I know there's a lot of fans who have bought into this team's just got to shoot more threes regardless of context. And that's not who this team is, right? That's not their identity, nor should it be. You've got Zion Williamson, who I think is averaging the second most points in the paint this year, right? In past years, he's been number one, even ahead of Giannis. But I think for now, it's flip-flopped because as we've seen, Zion's not been at his best yet. But you've also got Jonas, who I know we're going to get to, but boy, he has been fantastic, David, this year. And over these last three games, again, you saw him in Charlotte, right, give the points. They really needed an offensive hub that was working that game. Brandon had may have had his poorest game of his career, definitely this season, right, with the nine turnovers. And then you look up and down the line lineup, that starting lineup, you've got CJBI who preferred to live in that mid-range, right? They prefer to work from that spot of the floor. And Herb, he's a slasher, right? He, he's not a guy you want shooting, you know, up towards the six, seven, eight threes a game. Unless they're of the super wide open variety, he'd rather he get his points somewhere, you know, transition, uh, second chance points, on cuts like we saw in that Charlotte game, that late connection with Jonas. And so it, this, this starting lineup isn't geared to shoot 43. Say like Minnesota, right? They're amongst the top uh, leaders in attempts and shooting percentage from deep. But that's not who the Pelicans are. But as we've seen, this three-point potential is in the Pelicans. So when Willie goes to his bench, I think suddenly you should change it up. I think you should suddenly incorporate more of James Brego's principles because those guys actually function better around the perimeter, right? So that's why I think you should start looking for more threes if you're Willie, if you're the players on the court, is especially when you don't have Zion, B.I., C.J. out there. If you've just got one of them, you, of course, want to spread out the floor and look for those shots more often. So, David, I like what I'm seeing. I, I see a team that's honestly made major strides since the start of the year. Um, and a big part of that is health. Right. They didn't have Najee, Jose, CJ missed a lot of time, Trey. Um, they didn't have a lot of these guys to jump out of the gates and play kind of the basketball that I think the coaching staff has been preaching since training camp. But now that they are at this point, now I think we're beginning to see it. So I'm curious what that number will be, because I'm with you. 40 is too much on most nights, unless the defense is really slacking, giving you that shots and or guys are really hot. I think that number should be closer, probably 35, kind of like was against the Wizards. I think they shot 34 times from deep in that game. So that seems about right to me. Chasing 40, just it, it, unless it's in the flow of the offense and it's come, it comes that way. Because typically I think your, your attempts are going to be reduced because when this offense is really functioning well, Zion is both getting points in the paint and getting to the free throw line. B.I. is getting to the free throw line. So that's cutting down your three-point attempts because you have more possessions that are ending in free throw attempts. And that's when, the, you know, we saw that during different points of this uh, this four games or one night Zion had 12 free throw attempts and another night B.I. is getting double-digit free throw attempts. So when they're getting to the line, yeah, that's going to reduce your three-pointers too because those mm -hmm. are possessions that are ending at the line. But let's, 
talk about Jonas in particular. Over these last four games, he's averaging 18.5 points, 14.8 boards, 3.5 assists. He's giving you more than a steal and more than a block and a half a game. And then on top of that, shooting 40% from three and 61% from the floor, the Pelicans are 10-4 and four now this season when he gets a double-double. Um, and those double-doubles have begun to stack as of late. In the early part of the season, we weren't seeing them. We're seeing them now. Yes, it's against certain types of opponents, but that's precisely why you have Jonas, is to dominate in these areas against teams that do not have an interior presence. Yeah, what you like this about this season compared to previous years um, with Jonas is the fact that the team's looking for him. Right. They're taking advantage of the big guy. And, you know, you're right, David, it depends upon the opponent often. But even in, in their wins and a couple of the games like against Denver and Minnesota, Jonas still got his fair share of touches last year. That was never the case. It was astounding to me how he would go whole quarters last year without even touching the ball this year. Without a doubt, Brago has gotten the awareness level up with uh, the rest of his teammates to find Jonas. Uh, Willie's talked about it. When we need to get some points, we got to look to Jonas, throw it in the post. But I think it's been more than that. They're involving him now in a lot more actions up on top towards the key, right? Whether it's pick and rolls with B.I., C.J., or just using him as a C. Because a lot of teams have tried to go zone, but you break it wide open by getting that ball right there in the middle. And Jonas has usually been the recipient. And he's been making great decisions. I've been impressed with how he's been able to keep his turnovers down. He's not forcing too many passes and he's just making the right reads, right? So I think he's playing a lot like the way he wants to play, the way he plays in, with Lithuania. And we've talked about that before. And I think that's, that's what we've always wanted to see. If you're going to have Jonas on his team, you got to utilize his strengths. And right now I think the Pelicans have found a nice groove with him and they're, and they're looking for him playing to his strengths. He's a major weapon, David. And some people may say he's the fourth option, but I'll tell you what, he's a great backup second to third option for me. Um, and especially, I think the coaching staff's views it as such, whether it's in certain games and certain quarters, because that, that's an undeniable advantage, right? Most teams do not carry a center that can either handle his girth or his skill set. And this year, we're seeing it on full display. So those numbers aren't a shock. I think he's always, it's always been in them. But I'll tell you what, now that he's gotten more involved, he almost looks more rejuvenated. But again, this looks like this has real staying power to me. And that's why you got to love this offense, right? They're going and hitting all the right spots. And now they've even utilized Jonas, something they haven't done in the past. Like, Ali, just for perspective, the Pelicans offensive rating again over this last four games, 125.5. It's fifth best in the NBA. The only team's better. The Clippers, Bucks, 76ers, and the Knicks. Um, but only, you know, the Clippers, Bucks, and Sixers have the same record as the Pelicans, Knicks, two and two over that stretch. But this is what's yeah, David, really you know what else is I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I looked at some of those numbers too. But going back to that game where they beat Dallas, right? Uh, back November 14th. Since that time, they're 12 and five. The offense is averaging 120 points since that game. And it hasn't been relying on the three ball, right? They've been yeah, they've been out staying in the lane, getting to the line, having more transition points, second chance points, points off turnovers. They've done everything that you want to see this team do. Many things, the things that travel well. Because, again, shooting, I don't care who you are in this league, shooting is not something you could count on every night. You can't. 
because the way the refs may be calling it, the way the team may be playing you, the way just the, the shot is falling. But you can defend every night. You can run and transition every night. And we're seeing so much more often the Pelicans winning the, the, the fast break battle, which is something they were losing quite regularly at the beginning of the season. And yes, that is absolutely has a lot to do with the depth, the guys who have come back, because now Willie can be more flexible defensively. And quite frankly, we saw him be willing for chunks of games when some of his starters were not defending the ball particularly well, uh, that he sat them in favor of guys who were willing to defend. And that's something I think that is growth for Willie Green. Because one of the big questions has been, uh, since he took over, has been his rotations. And I would say that, you know, yes, some of that was limited, of course, by the, the number of injuries the Pelicans have had. But there were legitimate questions, too, about when he had people available, why didn't he use them? Thought this four-game stretch, again, you're looking for incremental improvement. You think this was one of the best coached stretches that Willie has put together? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Besides the offense getting optimized, right, you're still seeing the defense really not lose its uh, step, I guess is the proper way to put it. So Willie's made sure that the identity stays out there. So that means, of course, big minutes for Herb, um, Dyson, Najee. They're defending at such a good rate to where I don't know how they do it. I'm still trying to figure this out. They still love to give up a lot of opponent uh, three-point shots, right, among the tops in the league. But yet they defend it well, right? Opponents never seem to make, you know, their usual share against the Pelicans. So they've undoubtedly uh, identified a game plan that works for them. It has to be, to me, their length, right? The Pelicans oftentimes look like the longer team, whoever they're up, even playing up against, whether it's even, you know, with the Lakers, Minnesota, but when they do play a smaller team, boy, it's it's really noticeable out there. So, yeah, the defense getting out running um, and the rebounding. I think that, that we've got to mention that, too. And Jonas has been a big part of that. The first nine, ten games, David, we, we lamented the fact that they were in the, towards the bottom, right, in, in a lot of the rebounding categories, offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding. They weren't able to close any possessions. I think since that stretch – like I said, going back to where they really had that team meeting, things turned around since the middle of November. Rebounding has been top five. Um, you got the, Zion some credit too. Yeah, the um, defensive rebound has been outstanding of late, yeah. Zion over his last three games, averaging 3.3 uh, offensive boards, 4.7 defensive boards, eight overall in just 29 minutes, you know, under 30 minutes a game. So, you know, Zion, who had been, um, you know, Look, his, his rebounding had not been up to par. It, it, you know, we've talked about this several times, Ali. We don't expect him to win a rebounding title. But he should be as good as a wing, a general wing, getting you seven to eight boards um, the way the elite wing defenders in this league do. And Zion playing post and wing is particularly his contributions on the offensive glass. He has to have those. And those were non-existent early in the season. They have really picked up as of late. Yeah, David, he looks like a different player when it comes just to rebounding the basketball these last three, four games. He's snatching rebounds. He's slapping that ball really hard. Sorry about that. Got a dog rolling around next to me. Sit down. And uh, so, look, it, 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 Zion has to contribute on the boards. You, you know that Brandon's usually going to get his five. CJ tries to do his best. But honestly, it's got to be Zion. He's got the girth, he's got the strength, and he's honestly got the athletic ability. And I thought we saw a clear example of that in last night's game. 
against the Spurs, he went up among the taller players around him, right? Whether it was Wembenyama, um, Collins, uh, Sohan, you name it. He went snatched rebounds away from them. I spent, and I'm, I'm thinking particularly of those three offensive rebounds early in the game. So he's definitely got a different mindset, and that's good to see, right? So it seems like all these Pelicans, whether they've had individual issues, B.I. wanting to shoot the three, Zion not hoping on the glass, um, you name it. They're addressing those, and suddenly this team looks a lot more complete, right? So I got to hand it to them. I got to hand it to the coaching staff, the players. They've been doing their film work. They've been talking amongst themselves, but they're figuring things out. And that's why it feels like, like I said, this team can really go places this season because they seem to be able to check every box. The opportunity, um, and as you said, the schedule is really in their favor through, um, quite honestly, into January. Like, into the new year, you have to like most of their matchups because home against the Grizzlies, as we talk about, at an injured Cleveland team, home against the Rockets team that you want to get some payback against. You lost the first time. And they're playing well. They they have them falling off, right? No, the Rockets have not fallen off. There's and the Rockets are a very good defensive team, mm-hmm. so that'll be a challenge. But it's a game that if you want to be good, that's a game you win. Memphis Grizzlies again at home. You want to win that game. Lakers at home. Jazz at home. Nets at home. These are games that you've got to win. You know what I mean? Like and and if they can stack those, they're not going to win every one of them, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. This is their chance to go into the new year having surged in the West because we know how tight it is. You've got to pick those, those opportunities to climb because there's going to be another hard stretch where you're, where you are back at 500 over a week or a two week period. So let's stack some wins where you have an opportunity and the Pelicans have that over the next two to three weeks. Yeah. Look to, to win 60 games this league, even 55 or so, you've either got to be an incredibly good team, right? Or you've enjoyed remarkable health. So you know that adversity is around the corner for a team that's not an elite team, right? Whether it is you you, you go up against suddenly a, a string of tough opponents or you suffer some key injuries, right? But the Pelicans are healthy and it is a weak schedule at the moment. And so far they have taken care of business really well. You know, I, I feel like if they had been playing this well, they wouldn't have lost both, definitely both games in Utah. And you would have liked their chances to win that game in Chicago. So suddenly, right, if you eliminate the, these kind of, I don't, I don't want to say bad performances, but they weren't complete performances. This Pelicans team would be right there at the top of the West playing, I think, true to their talent. So that's my biggest takeaway, David, is they're beginning to play to their talent level. And that's all you want to see. So the coaching staff's obviously getting what they want and need out of their players. And yet the players are performing and doing exactly what is asked of them, right? They're in their roles. I, I love, honestly, how confident you say you think you see maybe Jose Najee look, they're looking actively to shoot an open three, right? They're not taking bad threes. They're not taking these bones highland shots where it's pull-ups, Emmanuel quickly, right? You think of these players that come off the bench and and really want to get theirs. Pelicans don't have a player like that. And that's what you like. This team generally has no self-centered, egotistical type of players. And you can even see with players like B.I., so I know that B.I.'s had some subpar performances when you look at his game log over the last 10 games, but not all of those have been because he's had bad, bad games. Some of these games, he's had teammates play much better. So he hasn't need to shoot the ball, but maybe 13, 14 times. So when you don't shoot him at a good clip, of course, you're going to end up with those 15 point, you know, maybe 16 points a game uh, type of performances. So, yeah, David, 
I like it. I just hope that they can stay healthy, right? Because they're finding a nice group. They're finally figuring out who they are, how to play to the best of their abilities. And so you just hope that they can ingrain some of this. Because like I said, you know some adversity is going to strike. We, we've still got almost 50 games left in the season, something along those lines. So, yeah, you have to like where they are now because they're a much better team last year than last year's group, right? They're a much more complete team, even though last year's group was still ahead of this year's mark. Yeah, I think, you know, healthy defensively, this is a much better team than last year's. You know, the, their, their aggregate defensive rating last year, I think, was an anomaly because it was a weird year in the NBA. That 112 defensive rating is typically, that's an okay. Yeah. But over the last stretch of games, the Pelicans are getting it back under 110 on a consistent basis. They've only had that, really, that Lakers game um, mm -hmm. was as bad as it got. And the Bulls, the Lakers and the Bulls over the last, you know, couple of weeks is about as bad as it's been. But generally, they've, they've been, as you said, it's very solid defensively. Done a much better job keeping people out of the paint, which is the, the important thing. And that's why, you know, they're able to get back on threes because that guard is not getting as deep in the paint to be able to have the space when they kick back out. When Dyson or Hurd or just by effort, CJ, you know, B.I., it, when they're doing their jobs, they're making those passes shorter so that they don't have to recover nearly as far, and they're making those shots more difficult because they're able to get their hands up. So, yeah, I like this active team, um, and I think we're also getting to see a Pelicans team that's playing with joy again, which we have not seen since last year. They're playing with joy. They're, they're back to – the, the post-game stuff in, in interviews, they're back to the, the towel waving, you know, just the, the 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 camaraderie is showing again. And that happens when you win, but it also happens when you're whole. And we're seeing those things come together. Yeah, you're even seeing it within games. Pelicans started 0 for 5 from the field yesterday. You know what I saw? Zion missed a dunk. He was smiling. He wasn't sweating it. And we've seen that in other games, too, where they've fallen behind by as many as 15 points in the first quarter. But they've known amongst themselves that I'm not pushing a panic button, right? We know what we can do. Let's get to it. And they have, right? It's almost impossible for teams to play for a full 48 minutes. I mean, let, let's be honest. Usually you're going to have to take some punches at some point in the game to get yourself going again. For the Pelicans, unfortunately, it seems like that's oftentimes at the very start of games. And like Willie said, you hope they can shake that soon. Because against a good team, it's going to be hard to climb that hill. I mean, how many times did we hear over the years, Alvin Gentry talk about, well, we fell behind 20. We came close, right? We, we got within one or two, but we ran out of gas. That, to agree, while there was a lot of uh, coach speak there, it's true, right? It does take more effort to come back in games because a lot of things have to be clicking for you to make those, you know, 18 to 5 runs or so. So you don't want to fall behind by that much. But again, like I said, this team has made so many strides, David, and, and I'm, I'm most glad they've had a cupcake schedule. Because like, You're right. You want to have some feel-good emotions. And they went through probably their toughest point was right that five-game losing streak after starting off four and one. And there was some bad basketball. So they fixed that, had that one egregious effort in Las Vegas. But you got to attribute, I think, honestly, looking back on it now, you've got to ride a lot of that too being in Vegas, right? I think a lot of these guys might've had a little bit too much fun, stayed up late, whatever was the case. But yeah, since that time, they've gotten back on track and they look like a team, honestly, David, that I, I feel comfortable penciling in probably for what was the upside of what we were saying, about 46 to 48 wins with potentially more if things really go right for them. Yeah, yeah. They, and, and that's step one. 
as we've said, Ollie, over and over again, step one is become a very good regular season team. Yeah. And that means you got to put together mm-hmm. some of these eight out of tens, you know, nine out of 11 streaks, and you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat handily. And they've done that recently. So um, let's see if they can continue to stack some wins. And I, I like, again, their post-game approach. What they said yesterday, what we heard out of CJ McCollum, what we heard out of Willie Green. Um, I think that they're, they're, you want to be excited. You want to continue to have this feeling. But you also know Memphis is Memphis. And they're playing much better basketball lately. John Morant. Think of the they're going to be very fired up. Yeah, just think about that. He's going to be an automatic inspiration. All of a sudden, he's going to lift the players around him up by, what, several notches, even the Desmond Bain, right? All of a sudden, you've got your leader. You've got your 30-point fierce warrior. I know he stands six foot two, probably weighs, what, 155 pounds, 160 pounds. But, man, he's one of the toughest individuals in the game today. Right. So and he's going to want to prove a point as well. So, yeah, I'm expecting a very fierce Memphis team. You just hope that it's going to take them some time to acclimate to one another, because let's face it, when you're going up against good teams and all of a sudden you've come together, adding a major piece, you can give all the effort in the world, but it's not going to look good out there. Right. You're not going to know where everybody is. You're not going to be on the same page. So I'm hoping Pelicans will kind of have that on their side. As long as they play well, they should have a chance to win probably both these games against Memphis. And how rare has it been to see Zion and Ja on the same floor since they've been drafted? How many times has it been, David? How many times have they met in a crease? It's got to be only like three or four, right? Maybe. Because Ja's missed so many games at different times and Zion's yeah. been out at different times. Like, we, it's rare that they've been on the same floor together. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. Let's enjoy this. Hopefully it's a Pelicans win. Ollie, um, tell the folks again about the uh, column you have coming out today. Um, analyzing Jonas and what else you're working on? Yeah, I'm working on this three-point shooting. I'll tell you what, it feels sustainable. You know, when you look and you see how many players are hitting at such a high clip, a lot of them career clips, but you begin to think it might be possible because, like I said, it's not a three, four, five game sample size anymore. It's it's 10 games or so, like with Najee and Jose. So suddenly I think that's very key to the Pelicans attack. It's something they have never had in the past. And I feel like this can really open up the offense to where it's going to be a top 10 offense from, say, the middle of November on. There's no reason why they can't stay right at about 120 points per game, somewhere along those lines. Good offensive rating because the passing's there, right? The assist numbers are high. Turnovers for this team are quite low compared to where they've been in the past. So you like everything you're seeing there. So I want to touch on that. Get some quotes, some good quotes today. All right. And then I'll Y'all make sure you click the subscribe button, the alert button, the like button, put a comment underneath and um, subscribe to Harden to Paint Sports and check us out at the Bird Rights and the Bird Calls wherever you get your podcast. Until the next time, he is Ali Cosell. I'm David Grubb. And in the words of our friend Preston Ellis, let's go Pels. <laughs>